many, many in the church are half-hearted to Christ. One foot in the world and one foot in Christ. They will never pass a test of tribulation and persecution. Unless you're fully committed to Jesus Christ. You have to count the cost. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We are glad you've joined us today as Raul continues our study of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We'll get a helpful look today at what it means to count the cost of discipleship. We'll see that in a world where faith in Jesus is becoming increasingly unpopular, we can't afford to be half-hearted in our spiritual commitment. Jesus deserves our complete devotion. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, here's Raul Reese with the lesson, Blessed are the persecuted. Let's read the text and see how the Lord speaks to his own disciples. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now the persecution to which Jesus refers here does not spring from purely social, racial, economics, political causes, But it's rooted in the relationship with Christ. Rooted in the relationship with Christ. For what? For righteousness sake. I can remember when I went to Cuba. I've been to Cuba a couple times. To minister to the church that is not government owned. And I remember going there and watching the liberties that have been taken away by Castro from the people. And then from there, I went to China. When I went to China, I was really blown away that Chinese have three-self church. And then after the three-self church, you have the persecuted church. The one that doesn't allow the government to rule over them, but they want freedom of speech. So they gather together, sometimes three o'clock in the morning, midnight, away from everybody. And then the pastor there teaches the word of God for whatever he has in scripture. And it was a real lesson to me to go to China because I've heard about it and to be there presently and to see the suffering of the Chinese. And how the church has grown through persecution. And then think about all these places like Siberia, Russia, and all the Muslim countries of the world, the persecution among Christians. Today in the 21st century, that Islam is taking over the whole world and the Islam, they're trying to make rules and regulations to bring Islam as the religion of the nation and of that country. And it will be that if you disagree to believe in Allah, you will be beheaded, killed, because you're an infidel. And so many, so many in the past, even to the present time, are being killed. Being killed for their faith in Jesus Christ. 
And so we can say, I would never, ever give in to the government. But when the real times, we will be tested. We will be tested. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will be the one to not only empower us when we go back to the early church. And we see that in the book of Acts, on the day of Pentecost, 120 were baptized with the Holy Spirit. God gave power to the church. And after God gave power to the church, 30 nations were presently in Jerusalem. And they all heard them speak in their own dialect, praising God, worshiping God. And then we read in chapter 3, chapter 4, and we move forward in the book of Acts, how the disciples of Jesus Christ, which became the apostles, including Paul the apostle, were persecuted because of what they were preaching. Speaking the truth of God to the people of God. We know that in such a time that we're living today, we know that in the last days, Paul the apostle, Jesus himself, and the other apostles talked about this persecution that was coming in the first century when Rome was ruling. And all the Christians that died and all the Old Testament prophets that died for the message that they carried And I believe that when it's time for persecution, that God will give us the strength like the guys back in the 1500s. Well, going back to the first century. And then in the 15th century, and then 16th century, 17th century, and even further back where they were actually killed, burned at the stake. And they believe even unto that the Lord Jesus Christ. So I think it's really of an importance for all of us to understand what Jesus Christ said. Listen to Matthew chapter 10, 22, Jesus speaking to the disciples. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. And then 24, 9, Matthew. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and they will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Is that today? You bet today. All the nations of the world, they're not afraid of America anymore. They hate us. And who ever thought that America would change so drastically? So drastically. That people would be blind to put people in government that do not love America, people that are trying to take the people and bring them into a communist state. Just like communism. Controlling the people instead of people getting freedom from government. Now we're heading towards that. Keep your eyes open and keep your ears open. In John 15, 19, Jesus said, You were of the world, and the world would love its own. If you were of the world, the world would love you. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. The world hates you. Look at your family members. If you came to Christ, the moment you come to Christ, do they accept you? They reject you. They hate you. Because they think you're weird now. And think of some today in America and the world that loved ones that come to Christ are hated and eventually some of them are murdered because they believe in Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. 
I think that when we talk about discipleship and being born again, I think that there's probably, remember what Jesus said in Matthew 7, the Sermon on the Mount? That the way to heaven is very narrow and very few will enter in. Remember when Elijah, when he ran away, and when he got down and lay down, he said, oh God, take me and kill me, I'm done with it. And the angel of the Lord came and said, Elijah, don't you understand that I have 7,000 a minority that have never bowed their knees to Baal? The real church. Jesus goes on to say this, but the way to destruction is huge. Many, many, many go there. And then he said this in verse 21 to 23. And many will say on that day, Lord, I prophesied in your name. I cast out devils in your name. I did miracles and wonders in your name. And Jesus will say, I never knew you. Depart, you evil servant of iniquity. So the Bible is God's word. These are not lies. This is the truth. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus, when he came in chapter 16 of Matthew... He was up there in Caesarea Philippi, which is one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen, where the worship of the God Pan was worshipped. And there Jesus brought his disciples, and he's asking them a question, who do men say that I am? And Peter, remember, confesses, you are the son of the living God. Once the confession is made, in chapter 16, verse 24, Jesus says this to them. He said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And yet here we are as a church. And I think of the powerful thing that God has given to us. And at the same time, I think of the persecution that Jesus had in his own personal life. Listen to what Vance Havner says. The gospel thrives on persecution. It makes better headway against a world that fights it than against the world that trifles with it. Bitter hostility is better than half-hearted endorsement. I like that. The church, many, many in the church are half-hearted to Christ. One foot in the world and one foot in Christ. They will never pass a test of tribulation and persecution. Unless you're fully committed to Jesus Christ. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We'll hear more from the message, Blessed are the Persecuted, in just a moment. First time I read the Sermon on the Mount, I was blown away by it. I realized and I learned that we are all called to be salt in this earth. And we are to be a preservative to this world that is dying. Christ has placed us in this world to be a light, to be a witness of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we can sometimes forget that we need to stand out from this world and to be set apart. We need to actually live the gospel. Otherwise, how can we lead people to the Lord? We are called 
to long-suffering, to prayer, to forgiveness. And we are called to know the purpose God has for our lives and to be in God's perfect will so that we can complete the work He has called us to do. Allow this book, Sermon on the Mount, to minister and transform your life the same way it did my life. For more information and to order Roll's book, Sermon on the Mount, go to somebodylovesyou.com. Here's Roll Reese once again with the conclusion of today's lesson. Let me give you, first of all, the first point here, the persecution of Jesus in Scripture. Number one, it was foretold back in Genesis 3.15. He says this, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Speaking of the prophecy of Satan getting defeated by Jesus. Secondly, it was typified of the persecution by the kings of Israel. In Psalm 2.1, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? Luke 13.31, he says, On the very day some of the Pharisees came saying to Jesus, Get out and depart from here, for Herod wants to kill you, Jesus. And then how about those that hated Jesus and they were Jews? The Pharisees. In Matthew 12, 14, and then the Pharisees went out and plotted against Jesus how they might destroy him, how they might kill him. All he did was doing good, and they hated him. I mean, the church is effective in the world, and the world hates us because we put down sin, homosexuality, not the people, sin. But people take it personal because they're convicted. They want their lifestyles to be free. They want to flaunt it. They don't care. And the reason is because Satan has blinded them. And Satan has not only, you notice, over their lives, possessed their lives. And promises so many things to them. But the only promise that he makes is that they don't understand they're going to go to hell with him. And yet God gives opportunity. Men and females. Children, teenagers, young adults. You have to make a choice. And to make a choice, you've got to crucify your flesh. Because if not, your flesh will overtake you and destroy you. That's why Jesus came. And he was not received. He was rejected. Rejected by so many people. Listen to the accusations they brought against him. Matthew eleven nineteen. He says, the son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinner. But wisdom is justified by her children. They were jealous. People are jealous of you. Think when you came to Christ, how many friends you lost. They call themselves your friends. You lost them. Because now they think you're weird. Because you read your Bible, you pray, you go to church. And you witness to people. And yet they allow people that are druggies, homosexuals, lesbians, pornographers, liars, whatever it is. And they get together and they feel good about each other. And then they escape when they're together through drugs or alcohol. And the next day they're right back to the same place. No freedoms, no liberties, and no peace. Which we have received the peace of God in our lives. Because I didn't love him, he loved me. He loves you. He's done so much for each one of us individually. 
that he is willing to forgive any sinner that wants to come to Jesus Christ. Secondly, persecution was caused by Christ's enemies. The hatefulness that they had against him. How about secondly, the ignorance of God in their lives. In John 16, 1, he says, These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogue. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he's offering God a service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father or me. They don't have a relationship with God, but they do have a relationship with Satan. Satan's a liar. He's come to kill. And so if we really love our mothers and fathers and wives and husbands and children or whoever in our family, we need to get on our faces before God for an opportunity to share the gospel with them. And allow the Holy Spirit to convert them, not us. Before it's too late. If you want to see them for all eternity, they need to be born again of the Holy Spirit. And if not, they're going to live forever in hell and then in a lake of fire forever and ever and ever. That's what the Bible says. Think again of the hatred for Christ. In 1 Thessalonians 2.15, Paul says... Who killed both the Lord Jesus Christ and their own prophets and have persecuted us and they do not please God and they are contrary to all men. Paul the Apostle, Peter, James, John, all of them persecuted. Paul the Apostle went into the theater and then he was thrown out of there. Then at the end of his life he was taken to Caesar and Caesar took him out and beheaded him. And killed him. And history says that before Paul died, once his head was cut off, the Romans that took him into the field to kill him, they came to know Christ. How about the thieves on the cross when Jesus was dying? One rejected him, one accepted him. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Persecution. Jesus went to the cross. They nailed his hands, his feet, a crown of thorns on his head. And then how about this? They took a spear and they put it to his side and the water and the blood came forth because Jesus died of a broken heart. So important to know Christ intimately because you know what? We're nothing but filth. And he's given us an opportunity even though we fail and we trip and we fall. He's always through his grace and love and mercy ready to receive us. Back to the Lord. Back to me, he says. So how much more we ourselves have to be living godly lives. Lives that where God will be pleased with each one of us individually. And the reason is because not that I love him, it's because he loves me and he cares for me. Every single one of us here. No matter what you've done, that's what Jesus Christ is. In the Old Testament, remember Abel, the prophets, Zechariah. How about Daniel? When he was thrown into the lion's den. Because he was falsely accused. He would not bow. The king had signed a decree. He loved Daniel. But he couldn't go back on the decree. Because of the Medes and the Persians. And then they took Daniel. Because he was praying three times a day. And they put him in the lion's den. They closed the cave. And there the Lord sent an angel. To actually seal the mouth of the lion's. As Daniel prayed. 
persecuted. And God kept him. And when they opened the next day, they took the rock away. The king said, Daniel, are you still there? He said, I'm here, king. He pulled them out. And then he took those that accused him, their wives and their children, and took them and threw them into the lions. And the lion killed them and ate them. God is so good to those that love him and care for him. No matter what will happen to each one of us individually, it doesn't really matter because I'm looking forward to eternity. I will not bow my knees to Caesar, no matter what they do. I will not. And I hope you feel the same way. That not only persecution will come, but at the same time, we need to rejoice in persecution. You know what persecution does also? It brings patience to our lives. Paul the Apostle, 1 Corinthians 4.12 says, And we labor working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless, notice, being persecuted, and we endure. We endure. Why? Because of Christ. And then how about glorifying God in persecution? 1 Peter 4.6 For this reason the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but to live according to God in the Spirit, not in the flesh, according to God in the Holy Spirit. And then how about praying for prosecution? When we're under prosecution or persecution, we should pray. Listen to Matthew 5.44. Jesus said, But I say unto you, love your enemy. I have a hard one with that one. Love my enemies? I don't know about that, Lord. I want to kill my enemies. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless those that curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who despisefully use you and persecute you. Wow. That's what Christ intends us to do. He wants us to do that. Fully, completely. Now in conclusion, three Christian attitudes in the world. Number one, contentment. Contentment. Hebrews 13.5. He says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what men can do to me. How about secondly, diligence. Paul the Apostle speaking to the Thessalonians, he says this. In chapter 3, 7. He says, Therefore, brethren, in all our afflictions and distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. If you've been facing opposition or even persecution in response to your faith in Jesus, we hope that today's message has been an encouragement for you to stand strong on God's solid ground. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's message again, we'll be glad to send you a complete copy for a donation of $5 or more. Just call 800-634-9165 and request Raul's teaching titled, Blessed Are the Persecuted. We'd also like to equip you with an inspiring new book from Rawl titled Sermon of Sermons. This resource explores Jesus' instructions for honoring the Lord in all of your daily decisions, both big and small. You'll see that when you fully commit to obedience in your spiritual walk, you not only benefit yourself, you show others glimpses of God that could draw them to faith. 
Don't wait to take advantage of this limited-time discount. We're offering Rawls' new Sermon of Sermons book for just $12 plus shipping and handling. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. That's 800-634-9165. Or write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Because of your faithful financial support, believers are being edified and home-strengthened through the ministry of Somebody Loves You Radio. Thanks so much for your partnership. We hope you'll join us again next time as Raul leads us to discover the riches of God's Word as we study verse by verse. Now, with a final word, here's Raul. And then how about again, tolerance. 1 Corinthians 9.25, Paul the Apostle, listen. He says, and everyone who competes for the price is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus not with uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one that beats the air. Literally, I don't shadow box. I'm not shadow boxing. He says, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest as I have preached to others, I myself become disqualified. Put on the shelf. Man, we have to reckon the old man to be dead. We need to put our flesh to death so that God can work in us and through our lives. So when persecution comes, we can say, Lord, like Stephen, I commend my spirit to you. I commend my spirit to you and not be afraid what Satan or the world can do to us. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.